0: Welcome to our fifth episode. This is Emma and this is Maya. We're so happy to have you here. In today's episode we wanted to talk about the impact of lockdown on mental health. Mainly focusing on the negatives because I think it's so important to talk about it but also the positives because there are positives.
1: And also h- how we're going to be coming out of lockdown. We wanted to ha- talk about that because we've been in lockdown for A year now, which seems ridiculous and crazy. That is
0: crazy. I know.
1: Nearly reached our one-year anniversary of global craziness, but I think imagine
0: if we were told a year like that we'd be in this for a year.
1: I I would have been like, no, no, you're lying to me. There's no way. But I think it's I think it's important to talk about how I feel like we were hit with it like so suddenly, but now we sort of have time to process coming out of it I wonder what it's going to look like for all of us we kind of just wanted to comment on that as well shall we dive right in with some of the articles that we've been reading okay. M sent me these in the week
0: so I was scrolling through the BBC uh, as you do and there was an article it was published actually a little while back on the 6th of October last year um, and it's entitled coronavirus how lockdown has affected mental health but a lot of the points raised are still relevant because surprise, surprise, we are still in lockdown. Um, So basically the article is structured from the perspective of four um, people of kind of different ages, different backgrounds. And I just thought I'd read like a couple of the quotes from them because it's, I mean, I just related so much to them. so one of them, Ricky Frost, who's 31, said that he's been up and down like a roller coaster, which, I mean, does that not summarise lockdown? I
1: think I hit the nail on the head because we've even had um, responses from you guys saying that's the same kind of thing, that it's up mm-hmm. and down. And I think the mood swings, my mood swings especially, have been ridiculous in the past <laughs> year.
0: I feel like a 13-year-old again. I know, <laughs> but it's not hormones this time; it's a global pandemic.
1: <laughs> Woo! At least we have a reason.
0: <laughs> reason that everyone can relate to at the same time. I
1: think that's the thing about the pandemic that was so striking and strange was it was like a global, mm. like like I feel like we've never been through a time where the whole of the world is going through exactly the same thing.
0: And in a way, though, I feel like I definitely drew some solidarity out of that.
1: Oh, definitely. I think the fact that you could FaceTime your friends and do these Zoom quizzes from home and know that everyone else wasn't really doing anything with their day or couldn't yeah. do anything, couldn't go outside, definitely helped the fact that, especially for me, and you're probably the same, that naturally being a busy person, you could kind of take a step back. Because I felt like the yeah. first month, it kind of was like, okay, our exams are cancelled, we've got no uni, it kind of feels like a bit of an early summer.
0: Oh, it definitely did. I I mean... I celebrated at first when exams were cancelled because I was like, oh, this is great. No exams, no more, I don't know, like uh, assignments. I mean, I did still have the assignments, but then after I'd handed them in and they'd been marked, they discounted them, I which know. was really annoying. <laughs> I found that so annoying. Um, but anyway, so I thought, you know, the idea, the roller coaster metaphor was very apt. Um, yeah. And then another one is just someone saying how they suffered creative burnout which I as a creative and I'm sure I mean everyone's creative in their own ways definitely suffered um I think one thing he focused on was that a lot of people said if you're not working your hardest now you never really wanted it and that is so true and not the statement but the fact that that put so much pressure on us creatively
1: Yeah. yeah uh completely and everyone turned to social media so it was mm. just constant tr- streams of like what people were up to what people were doing people were baking new things people were starting new hobbies people were doing new activities and it was like use this time whilst you can because we've never mm. ever had a time where it was where you've got months of no other pressure so do that thing yeah. that you've always wanted to do but at the same time like i mean that a guy in the article talking about his creative burnout i think hit so so close to home for me Mm. because I think it really felt like I really wanted to do so much and looking back on it I'm like oh I could have done this I could have done this I could have done this but it totally was different environment different atmosphere we were honestly living in these unprecedented times it's so easy to beat yourself up in hindsight for not doing too much but at the time I feel like we like as as humans we couldn't we couldn't compute what was happening
0: no we were in some sort of kind of hibernation safety disaster protection mode weren't we yeah Um,
1: absolutely
0: I mean obviously it's great to throw yourself into things and I I did it as much as the next person but it comes to a point where it's no longer you choosing to but it's feeling like you have to
1: yeah and stress does some strange things to mental health it's detrimental to it and I think we had it came so quickly and so suddenly it went from oh my gosh like all our exams are cancelled like oh there's no more uni to uh, all the workings out of getting home and then being mm. at home for months and months and then I hadn't been at home for that long since I'd left home for uni in September yeah. of 2018 and this was March 2020.
0: Yeah and I don't think any uni students thought they ever would be at home that long again. Do, no. you, do you know what I mean? No. Like if I can post uni I'd like to move out you know absolutely Um, and so I just never thought that I would ever spend months and months in this room at at home you know yeah Um, well I'd never I remember when you texted me the day kind of exams were cancelled and you said and um, what are you doing? Are you are you going home? Like, what's your plan? I'm so stressed, and obviously you were still in Spain at this point, and yeah. I was also quite naive. I went into it thinking, oh, it's not that serious, you know, blow over in a month. So I was just like, I'm gonna stay. You know, why not? Yeah. <laughs> uh,
1: Honestly, like, the ang- the anxiety for me was just not good. As soon as <laughs> like it was like, oh, with na- there's travel restrictions. I was like, okay, mm. Maya, you need to be serious here. You need to think because you cannot get stuck away from your family yeah. knowing that you you can't get back that would just not be good yeah. for you
0: <laughs> also because spain was bad and they were in a lockdown kind of pretty immediately um weren't they
1: so uni got cancelled on the friday and i got yeah. a text from my dad on the saturday morning being like oh i think you should look at coming home and i was like oh do you know what like it'll be fine like i'll book tuesday or wednesday next week and it'll be fine and then I got a call from him and he was like, they've just turned around a flight over France that was going from mm. Glasgow to Malaga. And I was like, they've what, they turned it round? And he was like, it was literally over France and they spun it round because they were like, the French border, the Spanish borders are not letting international flights in. And I was like, oh my God, I, I won't be able yeah. to get home. So then Sunday morning I booked the first flight out and I, the whole time my flight was so delayed and I was so stressed mm. about getting on that plane
0: the turnaround in 48 hours you were gone everything and... was packed and you were gone <laughs> oh that makes Chaos. me feel ill the I stress I was you know I was lucky enough that my parents drove up and helped me pack everything and leave so um, I think
1: for like everyone was just going through their own sort of whirlwind yeah, that we could never definitely. ever predict I sat on my flatmate's bed in February and I was like it's a cold it will go away
0: <sighs> my mum came to visit me kind of two weeks before I think it all kicked off and she was kind of a bit hesitant about traveling up um, because it started getting really bad in kind of China and everywhere else. Mm. And I was just like, why are you stressing, mum? It's not gonna be that bad, come up. Don't, you know, I'm not gonna see you for six weeks, you know, otherwise, yeah. so come up. And yep, well, <laughs> we all know how
1: it ended. And here we are in 2021. But I think something tied to that that we first wanted to talk about was this whole hustle culture in lockdown, sort of finding, like, perfecting your true self in lockdown and using the time as this sort of space to be the best person that you can possibly be. And just kind of talk about the effects of that. I mean, um, did you feel the, I guess, the strain of hustle culture? Did you feel that you had to adhere to it?
0: I think it's been, this has been the worst lockdown for me in terms of the strain of hustle culture just because you know first lockdown edinburgh university was all like term was only i think another two or three weeks anyway yeah um and i kind of had a couple of assignments and then i was done i was pretty much done with the year and because there were no exams i just I just had a massive break of work and I didn't feel bad about that because I knew there was nothing I needed to be doing. Mm -hmm. But this lockdown, oh my God, you know. I just have, I lost all motivation for kind of eight weeks, all of December. I mean, all of December I took a break just because it was holidays, but then Mm. January I could not motivate myself to touch my long essay or anything else really. Yeah. and I found that really hard because everyone else was working so hard and I just wasn't. And I just, I hate not kind of, I hate feeling unproductive or that I'm leaving something to last minute. Yeah. But equally, I just had no motivation. I just didn't want to do it.
1: I think that's hard as well. I think when you're so used to like doing it and wanting to be on top of it, that as soon as you're like, why, do, why don't I want to touch my essay? Why yeah. don't I want to do this? Like, why don't I want to be, be be what I'm usually yeah. like? it's so jarring
0: it's so jarring it's it was deeply rooted in the fact that I wasn't busy when I'm busy I just really plan my time accordingly and there'll be an hour for this two hours for that and it's all pretty kind of structured and I know I know I need to fit things in because if I leave it then I won't be able to say go out or see this friend for coffee so you know and that's important to me but I I was I'm doing nothing you know I'm at home I'm just sitting in my room I spend most of my time in this room at this Mm -hmm. desk and I just could not motivate myself to do it I think Um, it must have
1: been really hard as well because you thought that you were going away and you thought you were going to be able to get out and I think when you have I know you're like me when you have a plan you like to follow through with that plan and I think as soon as that's like taken away from you it's really hard to kind of work out what the next like path is going to be. You kind of need some downtime to be like, okay. Definitely. So it fell through. What can I do next?
0: (laughs) It was also quite a limbo stage because Spain Mm. kept, the reason we couldn't get to Spain was because, um, because the borders, Spain had closed the borders to UK travellers because of the new variant. Mm. Um, Because Erasmus travel for essential, uh, as an essential part of your degree was counted as kind of permitted travel. Um, and they kept extending the the um, ban for UK travellers by two weeks. Decided we might try again in May or whenever, but not for now.
1: Everyone says at the moment, don't plan. Like, we can't plan anything. Yeah. It's really hard to plan anything because as soon as you plan something, the plans fall through. And then it's that like building way. up this hope, and this expectation, which is definitely yeah. something that I found during lockdown, the first lockdown. I think that was the hardest one for me. Mm. Everyone can relate to this idea of hope, that's been built up I know everyone had plans that fell through and everyone still has everyone now has I've seen festival tickets going around that I know people have bought and I was like I can't yeah I can't even think about that because if I
0: I know buy a
1: ticket then I want to go (laughs)
0: I now don't think I'd feel comfortable going to a festival if it did go ahead, Yeah, um, at least
1: not this year. If, like, socialising, and it is a huge part of who we are, doing stuff that you usually do, whether that's going for a coffee or going out for a big meal, going for parties, going to concerts, if we don't want to go to those things, I wonder how that's going to affect us.
0: I think everyone's just gonna have to take it day by day um yeah we can obviously get into that later on when we focus on the kind of lockdown leaving plan what about you have you found even this lockdown or just all of it in general I know you've spoken a bit but
1: well first lockdown I think was as I've said it was definitely the hardest for me because like I said I hadn't been at home for like that um, continuous amount of time Mm. since September which usually I don't think would ever be a problem but we started the lockdown in Spain and then Mm. before all the borders kind of closed we got the last flight from Spain to Cornwall because my sister was due to go for an interview at like yeah. her new college so we were like oh that's obviously gonna go ahead so we'll just fly and get there <laughs> we'll, we'll be in Cornwall you know it'll be the new home so we'll be there anyway because she can go and then we can fly back to Spain and she can do her GCSEs well obviously none of that happened yeah so and my sister and I were sharing a bedroom yeah so it was we were in each other's space and she went from 14 to 16 which is a big jump mm-hmm. from that's a big job. We were both of us together in this room and I think we found it so hard to kind of work around each other. She was still doing online school, but an hour, she was like an hour behind cause it was Spanish time. It was just mm. all a mess. And yeah. I think we found it really hard at first to kind of, to just kind of establish a routine that worked for the both of us. Yeah. And then lockdown two, I wasn't here for most of it because we were, I was sort of mm. doing the limbo move from Scotland to, back to the UK
0: oh yeah I remember that yeah Yeah. so
1: I think that one didn't didn't really feel like a proper lockdown and then this one has actually been okay because I've had uni work but I'm one of these people that I really need a routine I need someone to be like Mm -hmm. you have to go to a tutorial at 2 p.m like which is what I've really liked about online learning is that there's literally no excuse for me to say no Yeah. And there were days when I would have a late rehearsal. So I wouldn't make it to my 9am. because I'd be like, Oh, I'll have an extra hour sleep because I need it. I think there are certain there are certain routines that have kept me accountable more in lockdown two and three with just essays, deadlines, tutorials. I think lockdown one, it was the fact that there was, it was big stretches of time in your day. Mm. And I definitely felt that creative burnout because I was like, Oh, I'm not dedicating time to my degree because everything's been cancelled. So I should work on self-tapes and I should work on vocal reels and there should be something Mm. that I'm doing but I just didn't have the creative space to kind of channel that or motivate myself to do it.
0: And also something that has in the past kind of weeks has been on my mind probably for the past year is just like anxiety about post-lockdown job market. Oh, Um, I know. Because there's such a hustle culture at the moment. But also, like, what are we going to... What's it going to be like? What are we going to have... What routes are going to be available to us post-lockdown? I
1: know. I th- And I think it's such a strange thing to consider because, obviously, we've had the, the 2020 graduates. Now the 2021 graduates. I'm hoping yeah. we'll probably establish some sort of normality by... I'm hoping it'll be pretty normal by January of 2022. And then we graduate in the May. Yeah. So I don't mean, to stress, where does that leave us? don't mean to stress anyone out, but it's definitely a point to a point to consider and a point where yeah. I'm like, I really wonder where where all of this is gonna go.
0: I think there are gonna be quite a few panic masters. <laughs> I was
1: reading an article about this the other day, and I think it a lot of people were just saying that they want the support of university schedule. Like we know our university schedule, yeah. we know what, what to do it's the the big scary world is where it all becomes a bit ambiguous
0: <laughs> and also just job hunting is exhausting oh my gosh uh. I mean
1: speaking to one of my friends she graduated last year in May 20 May 2020 and she just got a, a, a job in the in the sector that she wants to work in yeah but she said oh, that's amazing and she said Mayor, the amount of times I've applied for staff and been rejected the amount of applications I've sent through and I was I like oh
0: that you don't even get responses to. I just keep thinking, what can I, Emma Gill, bring to this market? Or what what's, what new thing can I bring? And I'm always just like, I nothing, there's nothing new I can bring. I know, I know.
1: And then I see people on TikTok and I'm like, right, I should definitely start a TikTok account. It's like, no, Maya, no one wants to see that. I think that's panicking I to too much.
0: I, I want to see it. Maya, I will be your one follower. Just
1: please. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I'm one of these people that really needs a project and I need something to channel my energy yeah. to, because otherwise I feel like I just have all these thoughts floating around I don't know what to do with them
0: and I know you don't journal so I you need something to let it out I know
1: <laughs> that's that's why this podcast is just my inner thoughts in waffle <laughs> <laughs> um, um and we found any I guess if we spin a more positive light it, everyone knows that you know the the burnouts of lockdown the the how but it got so very quickly. Have you had any, I guess, coping mechanisms or things that you put into your routine now that you started in lockdown that have helped you and maybe could help our listeners?
0: Yeah, so I think one of the things I did at the start of lockdown, number one, and this one, is I'd compare myself to other people to how productive they're being I'd I'd watch their kind of day in the life switch would be like wake up at six kind of do two hours of work before breakfast get a workout in I don't know crazy days which I'd just be like oh my god I'm doing zero percent of this like not even close and um I found that really kind of toxic and harmful so I just I mean I just kind of stopped watching those types of day in the life but yeah so I've just kind of tried tried to stop comparing because as we all know comparison is the thief of joy oh look at you
1: hitting all the wise words
0: age-old cliche (laughs) um but very apt I think and so yeah I just try and gain a bit of perspective and make myself a doable routine as you say routine is important um I try and make it flexible I don't want to be too rigid with myself but having kind of a rough structure to every day um you know starting my day with yoga and then a nice breakfast easing myself into some work getting a walk or some sport in there I think Mm. those are my kind of my doables and my non-negotiables um and they've really helped yeah what about you
1: Um, I think kind of along the same sort of lines I think my other the other thing that I've really found I've had more time for in the last year that I've always really wanted to do is kind of read the books that I want to read and not just Mm. university material because I usually get to the end of the the year and I kind of feel not burnt out but just not really in the mood to digest any more book and I usually kind of take the summer off and I might read the odd book here and there but I never usually you know indulge in big amounts of literature and material that I really want to read and I had Mm -hmm. this really long list of books that I'd been you know cultivating for a really long time and during I think the first couple of months of lockdown I managed to get through about 75% of it but I would just keep ordering more books online Mm. and I think my I've definitely found a new coping mechanism or a new kind of creative outlet in reading different genres of literature I went from being you know reading the crime fiction on holiday and that would be kind of it I'd read like a really indulgent Mm. but fast-paced kind of just your everyday (laughs) exactly just uh, crime fiction just because it was fun and enjoyable and then I I kind of overlooked and I was more into kind of people stories and memoirs Mm. and non-fiction and now kind of I'm reading literature that I want to read and not because maybe someone's recommended it to me or my parents like the book Uh, my dad's a big reader and he would usually just pass on all his crime fiction books to me Mm. and I would just read them and it, it. I would obviously really like them because it's great, they're great stories but I've found so, sort of the genre of literature that I prefer which has been really exciting and I've been able mm. to draw kind of my own creative thought from that which yeah. has helped like article writing and it helps when we do the podcasts as well um, so I think that's the one thing that aside from you know the walk it's been able to kind of understand the reading that I like mm. but I think that's come from kind of everyone do you think you've kind of understood yourself more in the past year or do you think it's been a a hindrance to your self-development oh deep question
0: (laughs) very deep well I was gonna say it's very interesting you talk about how you've really kind of found the genres that you like and learned how to pick books for yourself that you enjoy because Mm. as they often say books are kind of a window into your soul they reflect more about the reader than the author and so that's really interesting and I would agree. I've definitely kind of discovered more about myself, um, my likes and my dislikes, just things that make me tick and I don't know, things that calm me. Um, and I mean, I've always been a big reader of what I, would, <laughs> what I used to call quote unquote trash novels. So novels that <laughs> were really fast paced or fun or had a great storyline, but the language wasn't yeah. necessarily the best Um, I'm totally on that level (laughs) yeah but which I still sometimes do because you know we we stand a good story a good (laughs) storyline but I I just recently or you know in the past year have really I have fallen back on some comfort reads just because in the pandemic I need the creature comforts like Harry Potter I've also just expanded kind of I've read more diverse authors that before I'd maybe been reading more kind of, I don't know, Eurocentric novels. Absolutely. Um,
1: That's definitely something I can second as well. Yeah,
0: And also maybe novels with um, more diverse characters as well or, you know, exploring different sexualities, people Mm. exploring different cultures or um, just with lots of identity questions at the core of them. Yeah, And in a way, that's helped me um, kind of grow as a person and also just discover things about myself, which has been a great journey. Yeah, I'm definitely more at peace with myself than I was a year ago.
1: Yeah, I think as well, it's been quite crucial for us to have this time at the start of our early 20s as much as it's been, you know, an annoyance. Because Mm -hmm. I totally I think you put it perfectly saying that books about with questions of identity at the centre of them. And I think it's having that time to sort of properly digest and understand mm. what they're saying has just opened me up to I think just to be a better writer to be just to understand more about the world which I think has yeah, been
0: definitely. like
1: really beneficial for myself yeah. and I think something that I definitely needed because usually I, 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 I read a book cause, and I read it quickly because I want to get through it all because I've got a million other different things to do.
0: There are so many things in books so many questions raised that I had never even stopped to think about, like, about myself and about those around me. And so it would make me think about it, you know? Yeah. Um, Things that I just assumed or taken for granted about myself, I would suddenly think about and actually be like, no, why do I think that about myself? Or why do I pigeonhole myself in that way? Absolutely. Um, So, yeah, that's been interesting. And also it's taught me to challenge just my assumptions. Like, I remember (laughs) reading Little Fires Everywhere and just... Just assuming that the main character was white, you know, that was just an assumption um, that I had. And yeah. then I watched the series, and you know, um, was it Mia? I think yeah, Mia. Mia. Was Mia, and I don't know what the daughter was called. Can't remember. Oh,
1: that book but was amazing.
0: Yeah, amazing. You recommended it to me. I think I
1: did. Yeah.
0: And she wasn't white, and I was like, oh, like why did I assume that? Um, so just things like that, really important. comment that someone kind of sent in to us last week uh, on the podcast Instagram was um, that she's a junior doctor and she said that they've seen a big increase in mental health in hospitals sadly Um, and so kind of you know despite all the all the positives I think it is important to remember that mental health has suffered a lot which I mean someone else said that in a way because symptoms of depression have become so common due to lockdown it's made it easier to deal with because there's more discussion about it yeah. I don't know if you can follow me in that train of thought but um, yeah even though there's that side of it it's also you know it's important to remember that some people are just kind of they're really in survival. The idea
1: that mental health has become kind of the forefront of conversation is so good that it is so you know, mm. it's kind of eradicating those taboo associations yeah. it had and it is really being kind of cracked open. I think also as well, I can't even imagine, and that listener's a junior doctor, I cannot even imagine what they've seen in the hospitals. Mm.
0: I think, yeah, the kind of roadmap to to leaving lockdown is an interesting one because a lot of people have take, have been split and divided by it yeah people either see it as the light at the end of the tunnel and kind of a promise of good things to come and other people say just don't plan I can't think about that because we're just going to get disappointed and so it's really yeah I think it's really divided people and for some people it might be that kind of boost they need and for others it might
1: it sort. it starts so slow it starts really from you know Mm. we've got like April 12th when kind of all the non-essential shops go back and then you've kind of got the May 17th kind of deadline and then it's the June 21st when everything when life's meant to be back to normal Mm. so I think it's quite hard to process and I think you could gain you know hope and motivation from it as much as you could question it and Mm. doubt it
0: I think for me I'm taking the kind of it's the first light at the end of the tunnel that we've had approach but i'm not i'm not thinking on the 21st that we're all going to be out clubbing i just think it's nice that it's the first time anyone has ever spoken about an end to this yeah. so the fact that that someone you know high up in the country uh has said that there's going to be an end to it that's been a nice thought
1: yeah another one of our listeners sent the loveliest of all of the positives of her lockdown experience And she said that there's been an increase in smaller gestures. It's just those things. You know that someone's thinking of you and someone's taking the time out of their day to do
0: something that's going to make you smile. And also be aware. Like, I think because everyone's mental health has been affected, Mm. big or small, everyone's mental health has been touched by this pandemic, that people are now more aware of the small gestures that make a difference. Whereas before, if I'm not saying there are people who've never experienced bad mental health, but... I think in general, if you haven't kind of gone through it, you might not be as aware about yeah. the impact that these tiny little gestures can have. And now everyone is aware.
1: I mean, how do you think coming out of lockdown? Do you think that's gonna? Do you think that's gonna persist? Do you think people are gonna be more understanding, be more aware? And how long do you think this awareness is gonna last? Because people have very short memories.
0: Oh, true, and it's it's like the classic oh when you have a cold you think I'm never gonna take breathing for granted again literally you know, never that is and a great then two analogy. Two days later, your cold's gone, you forget, you know, you just forget the pain and not being able to breathe at night. Yeah, um, yeah. So I don't I don't know how long it's gonna last. I think it will vary obviously depending on the individual, but I think you know the way that society works and kind of even jobs you know working from home is going to be become more common um yeah you know, online learning is probably going to be more common or versions of it um so I think people in general are going to be more kind of conscientious of staying in touch and checking in and checking in on people that they haven't seen for a while yeah um definitely. whereas before I think it was so easy to just like forget about people and never check in.
1: I think it's hard as well because I've definitely experienced the kind of the opposite at the same time where I will, someone will reply to me and mentally I'll think I've replied to them and then I scroll down my messages two weeks later and there's this message from three weeks ago and I'm like, oh my goodness, I can't believe I never responded to that. I think it's one of those, a lot of my friends have been kind of saying the same thing, especially during the first lockdown, that it really was just hard to keep on top of things because you weren't really on top of yourself so mm-hmm. I think it's, a being aware about how much those you know those messages and texts back mean to people, but also at the same time, there's this newfound understanding that maybe if someone doesn't reply to your text, it's not because yeah. of, you know, Ignoring. that you've fallen out because they ignored you. Yeah. It's because that they're going through you know their Something. own kind of thing at the moment, yeah. and when they've got breathing space, head space, they'll text you back, and I think that's. Yeah. It's kind of created these these safety nets around friendship. Definitely. They have had to survive more.
0: I think just remembering that everyone is doing their best. So, you know, if they don't reply to you straight away, it's not because they're ignoring you. It's probably because they've had a tough day or maybe they're taking a day off their phone. Or, yeah. I don't know, so many reasons.
1: I also think that one thing coming out of lockdown, I think walks will be more normalized even though people feel like they're fed up of walks but i also think that it's going to be kind of the new i don't know soul cycle hot yoga
0: (laughs) yeah we're gonna be the walking generation
1: (laughs) we literally will be i can feel it i feel like it's become my new favorite way to exercise
0: (laughs) i'm not mad about it either Uh, as in like it's a good thing i'm very happy
1: (laughs) yeah me too um what else do you think is gonna be I guess lockdown habits, because I think banana bread's gone out the window. But what else do you think is gonna yeah. be gonna be normalised coming out of lockdown?
0: I'm not really sure, to be honest. Or maybe letter writing. I letter writing to long distance friends. I think that will stay.
1: I I always wonder because obviously everything's gone online. Do you think it might kind of go the other way and we'll end up, I don't know, playing CDs and reading books yeah. instead of reading online?
0: I think there is a bit of an. And a movement away from the digital craze people buying vinyls and record players people i don't know a lot of things that people are just deciding oh i'm i'm gonna get a brick phone instead you know or yeah. i don't know
1: i read an article the other day and this girl swapped her iphone for a flip phone she has the best decision she's ever made
0: exactly so there is a bit of a movement away from it i think having spent so much time online yeah people just want a bit of a breather I think that'd be a fun
1: social experiment to see how, like, see what life would be like with a flip phone. Because I can't imagine yeah. ever being out and not being able to just, like, instantly check anything.
0: I know. It's it's kind of bad, though. I've just re-downloaded the Forest app. I don't know if you ever got that. So I've just re-downloaded it. And I've decided I want to start using it again just during online lessons or, or when I don't want to be on my phone for an hour. Because then, because the tree will die if I go on my phone, Yeah. I know I won't. Whereas otherwise, I'll just go on it every like 10 minutes for 30 seconds yeah, just I, for no reason I know literally you know? I do
1: that I, I like I tap it like flip it up and then just like stare at it maybe do like a couple of scrolls <laughs> through Instagram and then just turn
0: it off yeah that's what i do i'm so glad i'm not the only one i literally do that or I'll, I'll do it on snapchat i'll just like go on snapchat update no one sent me anything because i'm the only sad person on my phone for every 10 minutes and then i go off it stare at my screen for a bit
1: yeah my sister said that to me the other day she goes you know you do this thing where you'll you'll be typing you'll be in the middle of like i don't know an essay tutorial notes anything and you'll just look at your phone and you'll flip it up and you'll scroll it for like five minutes and you'll switch it off i was like oh my god the fact that you've pinpointed that
0: god we're in it together Mia. we're in it together i know oh. honestly
1: my phone time i god, honestly i it was started it was funny at the beginning and now it's just not
0: <laughs> yeah now now it's just not yeah i don't know do you have anything else to add
1: i read a really interesting point the other day that i'm actually going to bring up they were saying that there's a there's this thing called just speaking about stress and lockdown but there's this new thing that are the articles titled what the heck is positive stress and apparently mm. it's like the wellness philosophy of intentionally going beyond your comfort zone. So they're saying that anything that is nerve-wracking but not meltdown-inducing and the Global Wellness Summit predicts that voluntary positive stress will hit the mainstream in 2021 and they've quoted, it's a trend that has really ramped up during COVID-19, perhaps because we feel helpless against an uncontrollable virus and seek more extreme challenges to build up our ability to fight anything.
0: Well, I mean... I know there's been a rise in wild water swimmers, and that is putting yourself (gasps) under stress, if if there's anything. Um, Yeah, I know quite a few people that go for kind of swims in the sea with no wetsuit all through winter.
1: Well, apparently the first human clinical trial to test whether temporary positive stress practices could improve our overall mental health is underway at the University of California, Mm -hmm. San Francisco.
0: I think there's something to be said for that. Um, A little bit of stress is good. especially when you're kind of in control of it like you've put yourself there yeah willingly well
1: I think it's like you said the way that you work better under when you when you're busier Mm. because you know you've got two hours to do this and you haven't got any other time because then you've got coffee with a friend or you've got an activity or whatever so you spend more time focused rather than five Mm. hours you know just going on
0: your phone (laughs) and swiping (laughs) god i can't believe that me and you both do that
1: i think it's so funny so niche that you mentioned it and flory literally said it yeah. to me the other day yeah.
0: and it's also that you said you'd go on it and stare at it for a few seconds <laughs> scroll and then put it away oh we just oh listeners if you do the same as us let us know or are we just going crazy please
1: let us know we'd love to hear about anything that you guys have found during lockdown or any other things that you're thinking about coming out of lockdown or just I'm so interested in people's like lockdown brains because I feel like it's just so different (laughs) to normal life
0: definitely you know we always love hearing from you so just feel free to message us on the podcast instagram at me time underscore podcast
1: so um to finish up do you have first of all I didn't ask you how your week was do you have any anything to enlighten us with any gratitude points to End on.
0: I had a productive week. I actually finished the first draft of my English kind of dissertation. Great feeling. Um, and I'm definitely going to take a little bit of time off now so I can edit it with fresh eyes. So yeah, that was that was a big win. I'm, I'm grateful I put the work in in the end. I do have to cut 2,000 words out of it though. Oh good. Yeah, so there's quite a lot to do. But anyway, what about you? Anything you're grateful for or a highlight of your week?
1: I think the highlight of my week will probably be work related as well. It's, nice. been, a, it's, been, it's
0: been a productive week for both of us. What about your
1: culture recommendation? What are we going for this week?
0: So I'm actually really excited about this one. I'm only about a quarter of the way through the book. I just bought Clara and the Sun by Kazuo Ishiguro. It's his latest novel. Um, Oh my God, it is so good. It takes like one page to get used to and then you're in, you know. Um, it's written so well, the language is good, but you know, without being heavy, you know, it's not heavy at all. Yeah. Um, it's such an interesting concept. Do you want
1: just... to give us like the, I don't know, the synopsis if you have it? I'm yeah, intrigued. Yeah, so
0: roughly it's from the perspective of an AF. It means artificial friend. So she's, she's called Clara, she's an artificial friend and she's essentially like a robot, but like a humanoid <gasps> robot. Um, And they're, it's in this kind of dystopian world that doesn't seem like a dystopia, but the children are like buying art, their parents are buying them artificial friends. And I'm not super far in, I, there's gonna be classic Ishiguro style, a big plot twist and something. Of the end, course. But I don't, so I don't know why, but for the moment, it's, you know, they all have dodgy social skills, a bit like we will after lockdown. Oh my God. That's... They do most of their learning online. That's um, so
1: interesting. So
0: interesting. And it's kind of her story- as far as I've got into she's just been kind of bought by a family so My goodness
1: that it, sounds fab
0: it is and also I don't want to promote Amazon but I have a Kindle and on Kindle it's only five pounds whereas it's 20 pounds as like a hardback How
1: are you so tying into I hope the listeners enjoyed our episode about relationships and singledom and it's kind of following on from that. So there's an article in Harper, Harper's Bazaar that was written on the 6th of November of last year. Camille Charrier, excuse my pronunciation, she wrote this article in Harper's Bazaar and it's called What Falling in Love Feels Like in Your 30s. But, which may not sound relevant to us 20-year-olds, barely, but it. she talks about she was single for seven years after falling out of like you know, quite an intense relationship. And then has just recently got engaged but she talks about what she's learnt during those 7 years mm. of being single. It's a really <laughs> worthy read and she makes some really poignant suggestions and I think in mm. in our twenties as well it can feel like we should be, you know, or in an all-consuming love and love that's like overwhelming mm. and she kind of just separates it and takes a look back having like now entered her 30s about what it was like yeah. and she's also on um the podcast Millennial Love mm. by the Independent so she talks yeah um she talks on there about it as well if you'd prefer a more you know audible platform rather than reading but it's a real really worthy listen I think after last week's episode it kind of felt quite apt
0: oh I love it some good suggestions there as always they will be in the show notes um and you can kind of tap on them because we now have learned how to (laughs) hyperlink they will take you directly to that um and if you do try out any of our recommendations, let us know how you get on.
1: Also, if you're enjoying the podcast and it's something that you'd like to talk about, we'd love for you to leave us a review in the Apple Podcasts app. You don't
0: have to listen to it on Apple Podcasts to do it. I thought you did. You don't. You just search up me time and write a little worded review if you want as well. Um, we'd appreciate it a lot.
1: And thank you so much as well to all the listeners that got in touch with us and responded back to our stories about lockdown productivity. It's really great when we can engage with you guys and share some of the, you know, some of your opinions and talk about some of the topics that you guys want to hear about, because obviously they're affecting all of us. And we've had a couple of suggestions through, but if there's any topics that you are interested in or you'd like us for us to talk about we've got some really exciting plans coming up if you have anything on your mind please give us a dm you can leave us a comment on any one of our posts we are constantly on the Uh, podcast instagram so constantly
0: every five minutes looking (laughs) at our instagram so if you
1: want to come and say hi and you know distract us from our work for a little bit longer we'd love to hear from you
0: (laughs) as always thank you so much for listening to this episode and we will catch you next week bye for now Bye. bye